You're listening to Kelly Track is Figuring It Out, a new podcast series by me, Kelly Track. I'm a business coach. I'm the soon-to-be published author of P.S. You're a Genius. And I'm a professional figure-it-outer, or at least that's what I'm going to call it. In this mini-series, we're exploring all those feelings and emotions that come up right before you're about to do something big and how exactly you figure it out along the way. In my case, it's the launch of my very first published book coming this November 2021. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Kelly Track is Figuring It Out. I am so excited to do this little episode here for you today. I have um, my essential oil diffuser going. We got lemon oil and grapefruit oil in there. I got all my crystals beside me. I got my citrine. I have my amethyst. I have my clear quartz. Um, I have... I think it's called Prenite. It's this like tiny little green stone. It's really cute. I got it this year. It's for, it's supposed to represent new beginnings. And I was like, that's so needed. <laughs> um, and my two citrines on my desk are from my friends. One is from, um, one of my friends and client, uh, Marina Blaine. She is now a singer, songwriter, producer. You can check out her music on Spotify. Um, one's from my sister and there's another one from Christy Vale, um, a really good friend of mine and also former client. So yeah. I feel like people in my life like to give me crystals and I ain't complaining. I'm like, yes, thank you. You know me well. (laughs) Anyways, today we are talking about advice and whose advice do you listen to? Whose advice do you not listen to? And what do you do when people give you their opinions and how to navigate that gracefully? So I am in a season of my life where I'm getting lots of advice. A lot of movement has happened in my life, lots of change, lots of different things happening. Um, The biggest one obviously being my book coming out this year and so many folks have been giving me input on how I could be doing my book marketing or how I could be getting the word out there or people giving me advice on my life. Some of it is um, (laughs) very unsolicited, but we're gonna be talking about that today in this episode. When it comes to advice, When do you listen and when do you pass on it? And how do you navigate those conversations gracefully um, and nicely? So we're going to talk about that in this episode today. So I want to give you some tips. One of my favorite tips actually comes from Tim Ferriss. I forget which book this was in. It could be the four hour work week. It could maybe not be the four hour work week. I don't know. It was definitely from Tim Ferriss. He said that whenever he gets people writing in to tell him feedback, he just says, thank you. And that's it. Because he's not doing anything about it per se. He's not saying he's going to change it per se, but he's just like acknowledging it. And he said that just by acknowledging it, it kind of goes away. And I think this is really smart advice. Ever since I read this in his book, maybe like four or five years ago, I've been using it a lot. And it's something that just really helps, especially in moments where you're kind of like engaging with somebody that you don't see frequently. So you don't really, you know, you're not really in a position where you're going to be like setting some hard boundary, but it just kind of happens more in a casual conversation. So here would be an example. So say you're at like an outdoor picnic and you're you're catching up with a bunch of folks you haven't seen in a while. Maybe it's like the friends that you see maybe once or twice a year, or you're seeing some old friends from college or whatever. And like I said, it's people that you don't know super well. And somebody's giving you some random advice about something. You're just like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. And it kind of puts a bookend on the conversation really well. And like what I had said in relation to what Tim Ferriss does, it's not like you're taking this person's advice or it's not like you are promising this other person that you're going to follow up on it. You're just saying, thank you. You acknowledge it. And it kind of can end. I do this one a lot. I've been doing it recently with people who kind of want to give me tips on how I could be marketing my book. I just say, okay, thanks. And I kind of end it at that because I genuinely believe most folks are just trying to come at it from a well-intentioned place. And 
I kind of usually can see the energy of like, this friend is actually trying to help and they're trying to be useful. And, you know, they don't really have the right skill sets to, to market my book, but they're trying and I can really see that. So I'm just going to say thank you. And I'm not going to use this advice and it's not really the right advice, but I'm just going to say thanks and kind of turn the conversation away from this. So feel free to borrow this technique if you are ever in a scenario where you're getting unsolicited advice and you know it's more of a casual setting, just try saying, okay, thanks. It can really help and then the conversation can pivot really easily from there and you can chat about something else. So the next thing I want to chat about is, you know, who do we listen to for advice? I really believe there are two types of people we should get advice from. And this is just sort of something I've really noticed in my own life, especially as I've followed a very different career path than so many of my other friends and peers. Um, and when you do stuff that's different with your life, or you are a creative or a mover or a shaker or an entrepreneur, you know, sometimes that's met with uh, a raised eyebrow at dinner. And, you know, it's um, sometimes met with a lot of unsolicited advice. So when do you listen? When do you not? Let's chat about that. So because I'm in a season of figuring things out, advice right now is really important to me. And when I say advice, I mean advice from the right people. So if this was a piece of text, right people would be bolded and underlined. So how do we know who our right people are? Well, it's usually folks that are more ahead of you in terms of expertise, knowledge, skill set. They are there where you want to be in life. They have accomplished what you want accomplished. They have the job that you want, the career that you want. They have the business that you want, the relationship that you want, whatever it is. They have been there. They understand it. They get it because they're in that place. This kind of group of folks can also include your trusted advisors, the people that really, really get you. This could be mentors or friends or uh, therapists. It's people that you truly respect and folks that have your best interest at heart. So when I say the right people, who are we not talking about? Uh, we're not talking about folks who have no freaking clue what you are doing. So let me give you an example of these sort of two types of people you should be listening to for advice and whose you should be dropping to the wayside. So when you tell folks that you are writing a book, many people will give you their input on how to write or how you could be structuring your book and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's lots of really well-meaning friends and family and acquaintances who are just trying to genuinely help. And I totally see that positive intention. Yet, when it comes to writing and advice on writing, there are only two types of people I would take advice from. Number one, folks who are where I want to be, aka the authors that I respect and admire who you know, write in the same kind of genre and style that I do. For example, like people who've done really well in the self-help category, the business category. I would, you know, listen to those kinds of authors that I really respect, people who have made their books into number one New York Times bestsellers. I would totally listen to their advice on how to write a book. The second group of people I would listen to is folks who have experience, right, in the literary world. So if my editor, Katie at Ben Bella Books gave me advice, I would 100% listen to her. If Matt Holt, who's editor-in-chief of Matt Holt Books at Ben Bella, which is the imprint I'm under, if he gave me advice on how to write a book, I would totally listen. If my literary agent, Marianne Carinch, gave me advice on my book or my proposal, I would totally listen because this is like her job and she's been doing this for so long. I would listen to all of their input. Yet, when I'm getting outside opinion from people who have never written a book, people who do not know the literary process, people who are just, you know, telling me things from what they've heard from other people, it's one of those like thank you but no thank you moments. 
So whenever I get well-meaning advice from people who are um, not authors or not in the literary world, I just use the Tim Ferriss technique of saying thank you and then moving on. So I know we are using a very light and easy example of advice on book writing, right? That's pretty chill in the grand scheme of things that we could get unsolicited advice for. What about when you are wanting to pursue something big or change up your career or start a business or, you know, make a life pivot? And what do you do when the people who are really close to you, like your close friends and family are giving you unwanted advice or they are putting all of their fear and doubt and worry onto you? What happens then? I think that's where the boundaries work really comes into play. And that's when you got to know what conversations you are available for and what conversations you are not available for and what your personal line in the sand is in terms of what you are willing to listen to and what you are not willing to engage in. And I think, yeah, that just comes down to boundaries, 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 which is, um, oh my goodness. I feel like boundaries is like when you do the boundaries work and when you learn it, it's like a huge step in the personal development process. I feel like there was like my life before boundaries and my life after boundaries. Do you feel me on that one? Do you feel me on that one? Anyways, boundaries is actually something I teach inside of my course, Your Best Life. So I'll stick that there as a resource for you if you need it. Um, so yeah, just remember to use those boundaries, learn about boundaries, um, learn out how they work and then exercising them in real time, which is, <laughs> which really is the work. Like that is the thing, right? Am I right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there is a gold star waiting for you every single time you set a boundary and it's like an instant pat on the back. I'm always so proud of myself when I can set a boundary effectively, or I say a boundary and I verbalize it. I'm like, yes, good job. Kelly track. You did it. <laughs> Cause sometimes boundary setting is like the hardest work, right? Oh my God. Totally. Anyways, for the bigger stuff in life, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. So this goes into my third tip for you. And this is like the third thing I've been doing a lot lately. And this is just being really selective about what you talk about with which types of folks, friend groups, etc. So for example, if you know that you have a friend who's going to give you kind of a hard time when you talk about you starting your own business and leaving your corporate job, may I make a recommendation? If you are in the market for some advice, I would like to give you a piece of advice. <laughs> oh, PS, if you're ever going to give somebody advice, ask them, Hey, are you open to some advice before you actually say, this is something I actually do all the time with coaching clients. Even if they're paying me for advice with friends, with anybody, if I have a suggestion for them, I always lead with, Hey, are you open to some advice? And then I let them say yes or no. Anyways, Okay. I'm going to give you some of my advice. If you have friends that, you know, may not be the best ears to receive what you're going to say, perhaps don't bring it up. Now, this can be kind of hard because we sometimes really want to include people in our life, in our plans and what we're doing and what we're creating. Sometimes it's just best to just not even talk about the subject with certain people and just avoid it. Or if it comes up in conversation to pivot out of it, because sometimes I feel like we all have those people in our life where we try to set boundaries or say something. Um, and it's like the other people just cannot receive it or can't hear it. And you know what? That's okay. And sometimes that's just life. So whenever you're seeing these kinds of friends or talking on the phone with them, sometimes it helps to go into those conversations, remembering like, okay, I'm not going to talk about blank. And this is a tool that I've been using a lot in my life right now. So whenever I talk to certain friends or see them in person, sometimes I just quickly think before I step into the event or get on the phone call, I think, okay, 
what are the things that I don't want to talk about? And just sort of having that inner boundary with myself being like, okay, you know, I don't want to talk about certain personal things that are coming up for me in my life, or I don't want to talk about me thinking through a new work pivot because it's still something I'm working through in my mind. So I just think about these topics I don't want to touch on in advance. So feel free to borrow that tip. So this goes into my next tip for you. And it's when you get unsolicited advice or when you have those friends who kind of keep pushing you and continuing the conversation, even if you've sort of set a boundary or have said like, kindly, I don't want to talk about this or thanks, I've got it from here, but they kind of keep going and you feel like you're in the position where you have to like defend yourself or rationalize yourself or justify This is like a mantra you can use. And this is a mantra I've actually been using a lot, but kind of actually in a different context, but it makes sense here. So I'm going to share it with you here. And it's this, I am not in the business of trying to convince people. Let me repeat that again. I am not in the business of trying to convince people. So I'll give you a perfect non-work example. Back in the day, I feel like when I was in like high school and university, people would like ask me questions and ask me a lot of questions about why I was vegetarian slash vegan or why I was eating gluten-free. And I kind of felt like I owed them an explanation and I kind of would find myself getting into these conversations that I just, I don't really want to have. Like, just like, please leave me alone. Like, let me eat my hummus. Like, please, (laughs) I don't really want to talk about where do you get your protein and that kind of stuff. But I did not have very high self-worth around this and I felt like I owed it to people to explain, to justify myself. You have to ask yourself in these situations, like, what am I available for? Now I have very different boundaries and I have very different levels of self-worth where I'm not available to have certain conversations. Like I am energetically not available to talk about why I eat vegan or why I eat gluten-free. Not available. I am this way, take it or leave it. Like, it's just like the end of conversation, not willing to go into it. I don't have time to waste on that kind of stuff because I'm not in the business of trying to convince people. I think being really honest back in the day, I was always trying to be a people pleaser, get people to like me. I always wanted everybody to understand me and like, I don't know, not come across as like weird or I don't know, back in the day when gluten-free was kind of like, I don't know, people would just do it. And I don't know, there was always like kind of like, oh, you're just trying to be like that trendy person versus like, no, like I have celiac disease. And even if you're just eating gluten-free because you want to eat gluten-free, like it's totally fine. But anyways, I used to be like, oh, like I used to really over justify and be like, oh no, like I am like celiac. Like this is actually like an issue for me. And like, yeah, I was like diagnosed in like high school. And I went into this like long thing. Um, and it was truly, I think coming from a place of like low self-worth and like wanting to people please wanting people to like me wanting to be seen a certain way um not be weird or not be like the weird outsider at the table I think we can all kind of relate to this example but the tip I really want to give you especially with unsolicited advice and kind of annoying pesky questions and conversations ask yourself like are you really available to have this conversation if not you do not need to have it and you don't owe yourself an explanation to anybody and you don't need to engage in these conversations so if you need a little mantra or something to remember just tell yourself I'm not in the business of trying to convince people. Like, you're really not. So in an entrepreneurial setting, this might look like you not convincing your parents and feeling like you need to convince them to see and get them to understand why you want to start your own business. Or with certain friends or certain peer groups, you know, you not needing to feel like you need to justify and rationalize your choice of, hey, I'm going to be quitting my nine to five and I'm going to be going full time on my own thing. Essentially, you being energetically unavailable to have certain discussions because you know what feels good and true in your heart and you feeling like you don't need to rationalize and justify your choices. 
Now, the fifth thing I want to talk about with you today is the power of really listening to your intuition. So inside of PS You're a Genius, there's a whole chapter uh, called Throat Everything You Know and Go With How It Feels. One of my favorite chapters, truly, is all about how you listen to your intuition, how you connect with it, how you know it's there, how to um, listen to your downloads, to receive intuitive insight, to kind of build a practice, getting to know it and working with it. It is the longest chapter in the whole book. It is, oh man, um, oh, I think, I feel like it's almost double or triple what the other chapters are. And when I was writing it, I was thinking, gee, I could write a whole book on this. So if you ever feel like you're not good with connecting to your intuition, or you don't really know what it is or what to do with it or how to listen to it or how to like get in touch with it, PS, you're a genius will really help you out with that. Now, this is what I really want to communicate to you. Whenever you're getting advice or people are trying to tell you what to do with your life, listen to what feels good for you and follow that. That guidance is more important than anything else because your soul knows its intentions for this lifetime. You know, if you believe in past lives and coming back here several times to learn lessons on earth or whatever you believe in, I don't care if you don't believe in it, it doesn't matter. Like I said, I'm not in the business of trying to convince anybody. <laughs> what I believe is that we have many lifetimes and we are here every time to learn something. Um, and our soul chooses what we need to learn before we come here. And PS, if you're interested in souls and past lifetimes, I love Ainsley McLeod and his work and his book, The Old Soul guidebook. He is a psychic medium and he is an expert in past lives. And, um, I love studying that stuff. I think I am very much an old soul. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, that was a tangent. You got to make sure that, you know, you're listening to what feels right for you because only, you know, and even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else, it might feel right for you. A great thought-provoking question I got was actually from Ainsley McLeod's uh, The Old Souls Guidebook when he talks about intuition and he says, think back to times in your life when you made a decision that felt really right and true for you, but like looking back, everybody else kind of disagreed. Obviously, I'm kind of paraphrasing because it's been a couple months since I read that book, yet it's so true. I think we can all think about times in our life where we made a decision that maybe looked on paper weird or other people questioned it or other people doubted us but deep down we knew it was the right choice and we made it and looking back it was like the best decision you ever made <sighs> seriously I can think of two huge ones like off the top of my head and I think that's when you kind of really have to to quote PS you're a genius throw out everything you know and go with how it feels not listen to other people not look at the bar charts not look at the graphs not look at the data not ask all your friends you truly have to throw out everything you know and go with how it feels how it feels for you how it feels in your heart how it feels in your soul how it resonates in your body you know your body has infinite wisdom um, and sometimes it knows the truth of the matter before your head knows so truly tap into that you have a deep well of wisdom inside you that's really what's going to give you the right answer Inside of PS, you're a genius. We talk about how to build up trust with your intuition so you can learn to trust it over time and how you can start small and work your way up to the big life choices because learning how to use your intuition is much easier when you start with like the little things like your coffee order or like a can of tomato sauce versus being like, hey, should I like quit my whole life and like move to Malibu? <laughs> so we talk about that. If you're stuck on intuition or learning how to listen to your intuition, PS, you're a genius will help you with that. So this is my sixth tip that I want to pass off to you and something that I've been doing a lot in the present moment. And it's this, don't tell people until after the fact. So when it comes to big life choices or scary pivots or new things, sometimes it's better to make the decision, get the ball rolling, and then tell everybody, hey, I've made this decision. Hey, I'm doing this versus being like, 
hey, do you think I should do this? Or like, is this a good idea? Or what do you think about this? I'm considering doing it, but I don't know. Once you tell people from the place of already taking action, people receive it differently. Let me give you an example from my personal life. Say a friend asks me about my podcast. This is what I would say. Oh, by the way, I'm actually retiring my podcast. When I state it, it sounds like it's a decision that's been made, right? Now they might say something like, oh, that's so cool, Kelly. Uh, what's next for you? Or wow, it's been a good run. Or how do you feel about that? Are you sad? Is it a bittersweet ending? You know what I mean? Like those kinds of natural conversation topics, which are topics I'm willing to discuss. Now, if I had not made the firm decision to you know, sort of wind down my podcast. And I said something like, yeah, I'm considering getting rid of the show. I don't know. I'm kind of, you know, falling out of love with it. I might get a different set of questions in return. And this is what I've had conversations about with friends. People being like, oh, but you know, your show is so good. Are you sure you want to give it up? Or like, oh, but you've done so many episodes. Like, are you really sure you want to stop now? Those kinds of questions can be just hard sometimes, right? When folks, even though they have a good intention, they kind of can make us re-justify stuff in our head or make us want to go back to the drawing board or second guess ourselves. And most importantly, second guess our intuition. Um, I had somebody very close to me that was like very adamant on me continuing to do the show. They're like, I love your podcast. It's so good. Like you're so good at this. Like what about all your fans? And like, what about the people that listen to your show? Aren't they going to be upset? And I was like, Oh my God, what if they are upset? And then I'm like, Oh no, maybe I shouldn't quit. So this is a lesson I've really had to learn lately and something I've really had to figure out. It's been really helpful for me to make a decision first and then go into a conversation. And if I haven't made a decision yet, I just don't talk about it yet because that way I don't second guess my choice. Alrighty, so I think this is a good place for us to wrap up and I want to run through the six things we talked about today in this episode. These are all of the tools and tactics I've been using to figure out this season of my life as I've been getting lots of unsolicited advice and I've also been going to people for advice to figure out my path. So let's run through these. Number one, say thank you. This is what we learned from Tim Ferriss. So if people give you feedback or advice and you don't really know what to do with it on the spot, just say thanks. It makes people feel acknowledged and heard and you can just pivot the conversation away from that. You don't have to do anything about it. Um, sometimes we don't want to take the feedback that we've been given because it's not good feedback or like it's just not very relevant feedback. <laughs> and saying thank you just sort of puts a nice bow in the conversation and you can move on to something else. Number two, ask the right people for advice. Make sure that when you are seeking out answers in your personal life, go to the folks that have accomplished what you've wanted to accomplish. Go to the trusted mentors, advisors, um, really good close pals that really have your back no matter what. Don't just listen to any bird sing their song on any random tree. Listen to the right people. Number three, don't talk about certain topics with specific people. If you know it's not gonna go over well, Sometimes it helps, and this is what I do, right before I go into an event or a conversation on the phone, I remember the things that I don't want to talk about, and I make a mental reminder not to touch on those topics. And if they ever come up, I quickly pivot out of the conversation. It just helps to prime yourself in advance so you don't end up in one of those like 40-minute chats about some rabbit hole you didn't even want to go down. Number four is the mantra I made for myself that you can totally borrow. And it's this, you are not in the business of convincing people. You do not need to justify or explain yourself to anybody. You should not feel like you're in a position where you have to justify your thoughts and justify your actions and convince other people. 
you totally don't need to do that. So just remember that anytime your mind is just like, we need to please all the people on planet earth. You don't, by the way, that's impossible and very hard. (laughs) Number five, listen to your intuition. And number six, sometimes it's very helpful if you make a decision first on your own, get clear on your answer that you feel good about, something that you feel in alignment with intuitively, and then you go out into the world and then announce it and then have conversations going forward about it. Versus inviting people into the should I, should I not debate. All right, peeps, that's everything. Thanks so much for listening to my show. I so appreciate you being here. And hey, if you want to order your copy of P.S. You're a Genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts, even when you feel like you have none, you can pre-order it today at kellytrack.com books. That's kellytrack.com books. I hope my book finds its way to your doorstep this November 2021. Alrighty, catch you back here soon. Adios.